0: My mother passed away I was really struggling with my anxiety and I felt like it was all that I had left of her I felt like my anxiety at that time was my own personal piece of her that I always went to because it reminds me of my mother And so during the first session that I had with you, I was really shocked with just the peace that I felt in my soul. It still kind of gives me goosebumps Mm -hmm. because at this point I had no idea that people had been praying like this. And it's just so incredible how the Lord brings you the fruits of the spirit. And that's exactly what I needed. I was finally able to move on and not focus on the wrong that I had done, the mistakes that I had made. I can now focus on Jesus and the right that he's done.
1: Welcome to Unquenchable, where we discuss all things biblical theology, listening prayer, and Christian living. Each week, we will share a discussion, an interview, or a story that will feed your spiritual curiosity, helping you to better understand the Bible and receive inner healing so you can grow in intimacy with Christ through prayer. Hello, this is Don Love, and this is an exciting time for us as prayer ministers. My bride, Jen, and I just finished leading a seven-session pray-through-it prayer training here in Lynchburg, Virginia, and we're about to launch a new one-day and three-day training next month. If the testimonies in this podcast have gotten you curious and thirsty for more, we would love to have you join us at one of these trainings. The next three-day prayer discipleship training retreat is in Forest, Virginia, June 23rd through 25th.
2: If you can only spare one day come to our one-day training on the 25th or our listening and inner healing prayer meeting they will be open to the public also on the 25th. You can check out praythroughit.com slash events for more details.
1: If you aren't listening to this podcast at the time of release, don't worry, more trainings are in the works and we're even in the process of developing online courses that will launch later in the year, as well as working with churches across the U.S. where we'll be holding retreats and trainings just like this one.
2: And that brings us to this episode's guest and topic. Sarah will be joining us here in the studio soon. As part of attending our trainings, we ask our participants to fill out a few questions so we can get an idea of their background in listening prayer, how they heard about Pray Through It Ministries, and what impact, if any, has Pray Through It had on the way that they pray and live their life.
1: And so, as we're reading over the applications, we came across Sarah's application.
2: And we recognize Sarah's name immediately because she was someone we've seen popping in and out of our prayer sessions every couple years, and each time she shows up, she experiences some form of major breakthrough. And since these questions were on the application for the course, we, for the first time, got to hear about how these public pray-through-it sessions had impacted Sarah's life. I say, for the first time, because one of the coolest things about our approach is you don't have to share the details of what has happened to you or what you've done in your past in order for us to help you process life through prayer. This helps you to rest assured that you won't need to spend time sharing and reliving those unpleasant or even traumatic events. And it helps to prevent us from experiencing secondhand trauma, from hearing about the things that people had done or what had happened to them.
1: Yeah. Remember, Ephesians 5.12 tells us that we shouldn't even speak about what the disobedient do in secret. And Jude one twenty three tells us that we should show mercy, mixed with fear, as we snatch people from the fire, despising the garment stained by corruptible flesh. And then Galatians 6.1 warns us to be careful when we're helping others and restoring others so that we ourselves are not tempted.
2: So with this approach, we might know that something significant happened during the prayer session to help them process the events of their past, give them a new outlook on God, themselves, others, and a new approach to people and situations in the future. But for the most part, we know very little about exactly the details and depths of what they were struggling through or the actual breadth of the impact of their prayer session. It's only sometimes till so weeks, months, maybe even years later that they'll tell us some of that backstory it really helps us to understand the significance of that single prayer session.
1: Yeah and so now in the next two interviews, Sarah's going to share with us a bit about how these prayer sessions helped her to pray through issues of unforgiveness that were at the root of her anxiety and her depression. Here's part one of that interview. Share with us a bit about your journey of listening and hearing prayer.
0: My sister invited me to the very first event. Mm -hmm. And she described it as, it's completely revolutionized my prayer life. And I honestly didn't really care to go because it was a Saturday morning and you think, Of course, Saturday mornings I should be able to sleep in, and it was really cold that morning. So I was really not interested, but the Lord brought me there, thankfully. And what a huge encounter I had. Just to give you a little bit of a backstory of... The events that happened because I think that that's really important. I didn't know what it was at the time But when I had my first episode That I now know was a like anxiety breakdown happened when I was 17 Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until years later that I went to the doctor and got a diagnosis and he basically said that I was anxious and um i was overly dependent on my mother Mm -hmm. let's just give an example if i felt like i was having an anxiety attack i don't think it was quite a panic attack but felt like i was short of breath i felt like my heart was beating fast and very much a hypochondriac Mm -hmm. like if there was any disease out there then i had it so I was very reliant on contacting my mom, calling her, mom, I feel like I'm dying, I feel like I'm falling, I feel like I can't drive. I just totally dependent on her mentally. Mm-hmm. Anytime that I had an anxiety flare, I would call her and I was overly dependent on her. And not on Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so during the first session that I had with you, there was something there that I couldn't quite understand what it was. And I really wanted to hang on to it. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I could just outright hand it over. Mm -hmm. And it was something that was really important to me. And I didn't know why but I distinctly remember that you asked Jesus to reveal to me why I couldn't hand it over and I realized that it was my anxiety Mm -hmm. and the reason that I couldn't hand it over was because it reminds me of my mother Mm -hmm. my mother passed away At this point, about nine years ago. Mm -hmm. And when this session with you happened, it was probably three to four years after she had passed away. So there's this amount of time that has passed where I can't rely on her anymore. And I felt like it was all that I had left of her. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was my own personal piece of her that I always went to. I always went to her and I didn't feel like it was something that I could just hand over to Jesus. Yeah. So what Jesus showed me is that if I hand it over to him, which I eventually did, then I can actually live a more peaceful life. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how my life has been improved since then. It's not completely gone away, but I don't feel like I am constantly grabbing for my anxiety anymore. And I mean, keep in mind that this is something that I had been hanging on to for years. And I think that the Lord really used that time as an advantage to say, hey, I know that you've been trying to do this on your own. You can't. I'm going to take it for you, Mm -hmm. but you have to give it to me.
1: So to summarize, you had this anxiety in you and it was something that you would go to your mom often to get help with. But then once she was gone, That anxiety was really like the last vestige of your mother. Yes. And so to let go of your anxiety was in some ways to let go of your mother. Exactly. And so the Lord was telling you that you could actually bring that anxiety to him and you didn't need to keep it. You could actually let go of that to him and then you would have more peace. Yes,
0: exactly. And it helped me remember her now in a better light Mm. and not focus on... All of the times that I went to her, I can now focus on some times that were happier for us. Mm -hmm. That was my very first experience with praying through something.
1: So what happened after that then? What did life look like after you prayed through things that first time?
0: Well, first of all, I was really shocked with just the the peace that I felt in my soul it still kind of gives me goosebumps mm-hmm. because at this point I had no idea that people had been praying like this and it's just so incredible how the Lord brings you the fruits of the spirit and that's exactly what I needed I was really struggling with my anxiety. And at that time, it was definitely that my anxiety was controlling more of my life than it needed to. Mm
1: -hmm. We then later had another prayer session. How far apart were those two sessions, would you say?
0: I would say between one to two years.
1: Mm -hmm. So tell me a bit about the second session, what you remember looking back on this. This was back in 2019. Uh, what do you remember back three years ago now for that session?
0: I don't remember a lot from this session. The only thing that I could really remember at this point was I felt like I was shaming myself. I felt like I was not worthy to have good things in life because of mistakes that I had made in my past. And Looking back, I know that there are some childhood memories that I have of not feeling like I fit in, not feeling like I was a part of the group. And that has definitely followed me for years and years, ever since they happened. And so this childhood trauma has followed me for years. I considered myself to be... Undeserving. I considered myself to be dirty. But I do remember that Jesus showed to me that God looks through the blood of Jesus at me. He doesn't look at me for me. He looks at me through the blood of Jesus. And He showed me that I don't have to hold on to the decisions that I made in the past. I don't have to hang on to the mean things that I was told when I was younger because Jesus is perfect and that's how God views me.
1: Well let's take a moment now and listen to this session. It's only about fourteen minutes long. Is that good? You want to listen to the session? Sure. Yeah. All right, let's listen to the session here. All right, so if you got to a certain point you're like, all right. I believe the Lord's saying I got to finish this tonight and you want to come up and we'll pray through it. So who's like that? You want to pray through something. Okay. Right, come up. So you want to tell us a little bit about what's going on? I have this
0: memory of when I used to babysit this little boy and it was at church every Sunday evening. And one of my peers, who I've always felt like I was never accepted by her, was calling me stupid and making fun of me because I was homeschooled and I didn't go to school with them. And I always felt like I was ugly in comparison to them. So I'm definitely holding on to that. And I feel like I need to forgive her. But... For some reason, I couldn't hand that over, not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now.
1: Okay, let's pray about that. And it's Sarah, right? <coughs> Lord, I thank you so much for Sarah. And Lord, I thank you for bringing these things to our mind. Lord, these painful things, Lord, I ask, would you protect her from this memory? Would you protect her from the pain of these things? Would you give her a third-person perspective on this, Lord, your perspective on this? So, Lord, we lift up these folks who've said mean things to Sarah, things that seem unforgivable. Lord, I ask, would you guide us in this? Would you help Sarah in this process? Lord, would you help Sarah to see why is it so hard for her to forgive this person? Lord, would you push everything else to the side? Would you help her to see? Lord, what's holding this unforgiveness in place? Would you bring to her mind, why is it so hard for her to forgive? Does anything come to mind when I ask that Sarah? Lord, would you bring Sarah's mind to rest? Lord, would you push to the sides anything that's getting in the way? Would you carve out space that she might hear? And would you bring her heart to peace? Would you help her to see, Lord, what's the biggest thing getting in the way of her forgiving this person? Would you bring that to her mind, her heart, in a way she can receive?
0: I believe it. It's true.
1: Mm. Lord, would you help her to see? Lord, is it true that she's ugly and stupid? Lord, would you test this? Would you give her a true image of herself the way that you see her? Is it true that she's not as pretty as these other people? Would you test this? Sarah, To you get a sense of these things true?
2: I just hear,
0: I see you dressed in white, every wrong made right.
1: So, Laura, would you help her to see why is she dressed in white? How is every wrong made right? Do you know why that is? How that is?
2: I don't know why I'm dressed in
1: white. Can you share why that is? You don't have to. I don't
0: think so.
1: Okay. Lord, would you help her to understand truly, Lord, why she was dressed in white? Or would you affirm that in her? And Lord, would you help her to see how are these wrongs made right? Lord, would you show her the path forward to rightness in this? Lord, would you help her to see is there anything that she needs to do in this moment? Anything that she needs to give or receive, Lord, that these wrongs might be made right? Is there anything getting in the way of these right things happening right now? You get a sense of that? might be coming to your mind in a way that you don't quite understand. Is there anything that's coming that can't put out once it comes in?
0: The word confusion.
1: Mm-hmm. So Laura, we lift up confusion to you. Laura, would you help her to see what about confusion? See what about confusion. Yeah.
0: keeping
2: me from seeing the truth.
1: Lord, we know that you are not a God of confusion, but a God of order, so we ask that you would bring her mind to order. Lord, would you move everything that is not of you. Lord, if there is anything coming upon her in her throughbird that is a spirit of confusion, we come against that in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would make space for her. Lord, that you would take away confusion from her. Lord, would you bring clarity to her? Would you help Sarah, Lord, in this moment, to not be confused about the situation? Would you bring your clarity upon her, that she might understand what needs to happen now? Is this confusion something that's left you now? Is it still there?
0: I can't picture myself giving it to him. Mm -hmm.
1: Lord, would you search over her and help her to understand where confusion dwells in her, around her? Lord, if confusion is with her, would you help her to see how to give it to you or how to let it go from her to you? Is confusion something you're willing to let him take? Is he willing to take it?
0: He wants to.
1: Lord, would you help her to see? Is there anything that she needs to do in order to release this confusion to you? Would you help her to see is there any reason that confusion is holding her or she is holding it?
0: It's comforting in a twisted way. Mm
1: -hmm. Would you show her how confusion comforts her, Lauren?
0: Full
1: so safe, Lord. Would you help her to see what is it that you want to give her? That's true safety, Lord. Is there a better safety than this confusion? You willing to let him hold this confusion for a time, not surrender it, but let him hold it for a time? Do you trust him not to let him hold it? So just picture handing it over to him. Let all confusion leave you and go to him for this moment. Lord Jesus, would you gather this confusion up from her? Can you let go of it? Does he have it?
0: He has my hand. So he's
1: holding on to it with me. Mm-hmm. Lord, you have said that you will bear our burdens and you will give us rest. So Lord, I ask, would you send your rest upon Sarah now, Lord, that she might understand the rest beyond confusion? Rest. And Lord, in this rest, I ask, would you help her to see? Is there something better than confusion that you want to give her for her comfort? Willing to receive his peace? Jesus says, Peace I give to you, not as the world gives. And through the Spirit is peace. So, Lord, I ask, would you flow over Sarah, into Sarah? Would you help her to understand the peace, not as the world gives, but as you give? Lord, you've said that when we cast our cares upon you, you will give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. So, Lord, I ask, would you help her as she casts this confusion to you? Lord ask, would you wash over her with this peace that she might understand it? You sense that peace? Just focus on that little bit that you have. Lord ask that this peace would be pervasive. It would go into every place where confusion once dwelled. Would you heal the wounds caused by confusion? Can you sense that peace? What's the
0: wrong that
1: you've made right? Lord, would you help her to see what's the wrong that you've made right? Would you bring into focus, in the front and center, Lord, what is the wrong that you've made right in this moment?
2: I need to
0: forgive myself.
1: Mm -hmm. Lord, would you help Sarah now to forgive herself? Would you show her those things that she needs to forgive herself for? You don't necessarily need to pray it out loud, but can you say, Lord, I forgive myself for?
0: Thank you for taking this burden from me, Lord, and for helping me to forgive myself.
1: Have you forgiven yourself? Can you let go of it? Lord, I ask, would you help all this unforgiveness? Would you search through, or would you show her, Lord, this unforgiveness, would you help it to pass from her? Lord, I ask now, would you help her to receive all the forgiveness from everyone else, including yourself, that she couldn't receive before? Lord, I pray now for Sarah. Lord, that you would continue to fan the flame of this, Lord, that this forgiveness would serve as the basis for what's next. Can you let go of this confusion now? Yes. What's he do with it when you give it to him? <laughs>
0: he eats it.
1: Lord, would you show her why do you eat this?
0: Because he wants me to never pick it up again.
1: Mm-hmm. So Lord, would you help her to see is she free from this? I give it to him. Mm-hmm. So Lord, I ask that you would guide Sarah, Lord, tonight. You've said that you have ministered to your righteous even in their sleep. And Lord, I pray for her. I pray for everyone here, Lord, that the hope that you've given her, Lord, that this would be something that would fan the flame of the hope of those that are here. Lord, that which seems impossible, Lord, you would help them to see what is possible in you. I pray this all in the name of Christ. Amen. So when you walked away from that session, what was the same and what was different when you first came in
0: being able to forgive myself for something that once brought me shame Hmm. i was finally able to move on and not focus on the wrong that i had done the mistakes that i had made i was able to focus on jesus and the right that he's done, Mm -hmm. the perfection that he is. And this session really made it possible for me to not carry this shame on my back that's been following me for years. Mm
1: -hmm. So between the second session and the third session, what stayed the same, what changed over time leading up to that third session?
0: I was a lot more gracious towards myself After this session, I didn't feel like I had this thing hovering in the back of my mind that reminded me of how unworthy I was. It didn't follow me around like it had in the past. And I think that's exactly what peace is. Mm -hmm. It opens up the door for the Lord's... Purity to come in and wash over you mm-hmm. and erase these self-condemning thoughts that you have. Mm-hmm. And that's what it felt like I gained from this session. Yeah.
1: Explain a little bit about the idea of self-condemning thoughts and the idea of forgiving yourself. Because that's kind of a foreign idea. A lot of times we'll think about forgiving others, but we don't think about the idea that we're holding something against ourselves or something against God And I don't know if it's quite right to say we forgive God because he didn't do anything wrong, but it is quite possible for us to hold something against him in a way that hinders that relationship. And it's also possible on the other end that we could hinder that relationship because we are not receiving his forgiveness on our end either. So if you'll talk just a little bit about that self-forgiveness and self-shaming that goes on as you mold that over in your head for years.
0: Well, first of all, I believe that forgiveness is not just for the other person. If you're holding on to an event or something wrong that's happened in your life, then it's like drinking vinegar. Mm -hmm. You constantly have this bitter taste in your mouth and there's nothing that can quench that bitterness. Mm -hmm. And every time you think about it, it's like, Taking another sip or another gulp of vinegar, which in case you've never had it, it's really disgusting to drink by itself. It is really nasty and not being able to forgive someone or yourself means that you can be constantly triggered here and there by events, by objects, by things, by people that make it impossible for you to live your life without taking more sips of Mm -hmm. that vinegar Mm -hmm. and it's that bitterness that you keep sipping so forgiveness is not just for the other party forgiveness is really for yourself so what happens when you Need to forgive yourself. For me, what happened was I was no longer triggered by these memories of wrongs that I had done, of decisions that I had made. I was no longer affected and looked at myself in a negative way. And I no longer was so hard on myself for making those decisions.
1: The the sipping of the vinegar, did that kind of stop once you left the session, or did you keep sipping the vinegar on stuff?
0: Well, definitely everything in regards to my experience from this session Mm -hmm. that I gave to God. I can honestly say that I haven't really thought about it Mm -hmm. since then. Yeah. In a negative way. It has not... Bothered me Since then Mm -hmm. I might have thought about the situations and the decisions that I made and the choices and the memories that I have But it does not haunt me. Mm -hmm. It does not follow me like it used to It's like the Lord almost in a way erased those memories and replaced them with, hey, it happened. Not, oh, you're so terrible for this happening. You're so terrible that you made this choice. You're so terrible that you made that decision when you were 17.
1: <laughs> well, the cool thing too was this per session was about 10 minutes, probably publicly. You got hung up somewhere in that 10 minutes, and then it was about 13 minutes or so where we actually prayed through things together. And we were able to, in 13 minutes, to get over something that bounced around in your head for years.
0: Years and years and years. Yeah. And it probably, I mean, I would say it was following me around probably several times per month even. mm mm-hmm. And I would think about it, and then I would dwell on it. And similar to worry, I mean, it was just all-consuming. And eventually, sure, I would forget about it for a while. Mm -hmm. But that pain and the hurt that I experienced when I was shaming myself was still like reopening the wound every Mm -hmm. time I thought about it. And every time I thought about those experiences. And after that moment, those experiences were the best way that I could describe it is it is a scar now. Yes, it's happened. But the scar just reminds me that I'm healed from it. Mm -hmm. The scar just reminds me that this is what I used to think of myself. And now, now it's just an event. Mm -hmm. It's not a fresh wound. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just a scar. Mm -hmm. It may be history, but it's not what defines me now.
1: And one of the coolest things too about this, I still don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you did. I don't have to know what you did. Yeah. We think of confession often as though we have to put all of the junk out there. But we're actually told in scripture that we're not even supposed to speak about what the disobedient do in secret. We're supposed to help others and we're supposed to throw away the garment stained by corruptible flesh, being careful lest we're tempted. And if we help you without actually knowing the details of what happened, we don't have to enter deeply into some painful memory and relive it. We can be able to work around that memory and be able to pray through what was believed as a result of that so that memory can kind of be recategorized.
2: And with that, we will conclude part one of Sarah's story. Once again, you can check out praythroughit.com events to sign up for our next training and join us in the next episode for part two of Sarah's story. where you'll get to hear more about how Sarah discovered that her debilitating depression was rooted in false beliefs concerning herself and how she was actually cherishing her anxiety believing the lie that to let go of anxiety would be to let go of her mother. And you'll hear how praying through her beliefs not only led to relief from anxiety and depression, but to a renewed identity in Christ. And how now the memories that used to haunt her with doubt and hurt and sadness, they now stand as a testimony of God's goodness. See you then.